Joseph Parker wins a 12-round unanimous decision over domestic rival Junior Farr. Parker has been accused by many, including myself, of lacking fire. Most notably, we saw this in the Dylan White fight, where Dylan White just out-hearted and he out-gritted Joseph Parker. When it was clear that Joseph Parker was the more talented of the two, but he didn't have the same determination, the same willpower that Dylan White had. And after that fight, Kevin Barry said that they would be working on instilling more meanness in Joseph Parker because he is a nice guy and they need to bring more spite out of him. And he's got spite in him because if you see Joseph Parker against journeymen, lower level opponents, he's trying to take their heads off. You can see the fire in his eyes against those kind of fighters. But when he fights somebody who he perceives to be a threat, someone who has power, someone who has physical strength, and they're up there in the heavyweight division, he's far more cautious. So I think with Joseph Parker, it's a confidence issue. I think he's not as confident to be aggressive and assertive and vicious against the bigger more powerful, more elite guys in the heavyweight division. And against Junior Farr, he didn't see Farr that way as one of the elite guys. He'd fought Farr several times in the amateurs. And familiarity, excuse me, breeds contempt. I don't want to say he was necessarily contemptuous of Farr, but he was certainly a lot more aggressive against him than we saw him be against Dylan White. Uh, Anthony Joshua to be fair the referee in the Anthony Joshua fight was so appalling that anytime Joseph Parker did get close to AJ and did put himself in a position to let some shots go uh, the referee intervened and broke them apart even though there was no clinch absolutely bizarre probably the most suspicious let's just say that piece of refereeing I've ever seen in an AJ fight but in this fight against Junior Farr Parker was far more aggressive than he was in those fights I just mentioned. From the opening bell, he was actually trying to be quite rough with Junior Farr. I remember in the first round, Parker put an elbow in Farr's face, forearm in his face, real rough stuff to try and impose his will upon the fight early doors. But Junior Farr remained calm. He was the taller man, longer reach, was sticking a jab on Joseph Parker, was wrapping him up a lot. And it turned out to be a pretty soporific fight with loads of clinching. Uh, you know, the, the fight had a little bit of promise early doors because Parker was being so aggressive. But it quickly fell into a pattern of Parker moving forward, not quite finding the right range to land. A lot of his shots going behind Junior Farr's head or you know, hitting elbows and arms and just not really landing cleanly on many occasions. So it was aggression from Parker, but ineffective aggression. And it was a relatively negative performance by far, but he was effective in nullifying what Joseph Parker was trying to do. So yeah, it, it really wasn't a fight to write home about. Junior Farr is apparently quite happy with the way that he performed, even though he lost on the scorecards. He said that he exposed Joseph Parker and what have you. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I don't think we really learned anything 
about Joseph Parker, positive or negative, that we didn't already know. I think that far being unknown to the boxing world outside of New Zealand might have shown some people some things. And sometimes when a fight is unknown, people just expect the name in the fight, in this case, Joseph Parker, to walk straight through him. But it's not that straightforward. These guys do have history in the amateurs. They fought each other numerous times and it was very competitive. With that being the case, you know, if they fought each other numerous times and it was very competitive every time, then there's a good chance it's going to be competitive when they fight in a pro ring. Especially when Joseph Parker is not known as a devastating knockout artist. Of course, Joseph Parker has power. People say that Parker don't have power. He's got power. Any man over 200 pounds, as the cliche goes, can hurt you if he catches you right. Obviously, there's levels of power in the heavyweight division. The average 200-pound cruiserweight is not going to be able to hit as hard as Anthony Joshua, okay? But if the average 200-pound cruiserweight managed to catch Anthony Joshua with the best punch he's ever thrown, bang on the point of the chin, and AJ don't see the shot, AJ's going to be hurt. I mean, didn't we see that with Tyson Fury? He got caught by Steve Cunningham, who wasn't even a noted puncher at cruiserweight. But he just found the right... That was one of the best shots I've ever seen Steve Cunningham land. <laughs> Normally, he don't throw overhand rights like that. He'll normally throw the shot straight and he won't really propel much of his body weight into it. But on that particular occasion, unfortunately for Tyson Fury, Steve Cunningham threw one of the best shots he's ever thrown in his whole career. It landed absolutely perfectly and put Tyson Fury down hard. Even in another fight of Tyson Fury's against Nevin Pikage, somebody else who didn't have a high knockout percentage, and that doesn't necessarily mean that a guy can't punch, but nonetheless, Nevin Pikage was undefeated at the time, I think he was Canadian champion or something, only had about 5 KOs in 20 odd fights, he decked Tyson Fury heavily as well, whereas guys who can clearly punch much harder than Nevin Pikage or Steve Cunningham were not able to put Fury down, so, you know, in the heavyweight division, there's nobody who you can really be 100% safe around. <laughs> you know, any guy, over, any boxer over 200 pounds who's in shape, who's come there with the will to win, you got to be careful. Yeah, They might not have the power of AJ or Wilder or those guys, but if they catch you right, when you're not paying attention, you can still get hurt. You see it. So that's one thing to bear in mind when it comes to the uh, heavyweight division. But Joseph Parker, yeah, he's not an elite puncher, but ask Dylan White, if he catches you right and he's got fast hands, he can still hurt you. But as I say, Parker, aggressive in this fight, far more aggressive than he was against Carlos Takam or Andy Ruiz or AJ or Dylan White. And you see the pattern there. The top guys he's fought in his career, he's not aggressive. He's very cautious. But the guys who he perceives to be less of a threat, the Junior Fars, the Dimitrenkos, people like that, all of a sudden Parker gets a bit concerned. You know, one of the things I also wondered was whether the fact that his trainer, Kevin Barry, was constantly claiming that Parker had an iron jaw was actually putting pressure on Parker to prove him right. 
and proven right in the sense that don't get knocked down. So if you've got this reputation to live up to, you've got an iron jaw, you might be conscious about not getting dropped. So, okay, I can't afford to get hit by anything big. When I step up to the elite level and I'm fighting the elite punches, if they catch me, I'm concerned that I won't be able to live up to that iron jaw reputation. You see what I'm saying? So I never like to see trainers come out and say stuff like that about their fighters. He's got an iron jaw, you know, it's like, yo, especially when it isn't really proven because it wasn't really proven with Joseph Parker in professional fights when Kevin Barry was running around saying that. So, um, yeah, uh, Joseph Parker, I don't think it was a bad performance against Junior Farr. I just think it was a style clash and people say Joseph Parker is missing something. I think he is, but what I think he's missing is just that extra bit of confidence at elite level. I don't really take that much from the junior far fight. I just think it was a horrible style for him and somebody that I was very familiar with him. It kind of reminded me a little bit, although it was a different kind of fight, of the, I think it was a title defense for Joseph Parker against a Kajanu. Because Kajanu was a long-time sparring partner of Parker, and he was very aggressive in the Parker fight. Parker actually fought that one on the back foot. And when you look at what's happened to Kajanu since, getting demolished by people like Daniel Dubois, uh, getting demolished by Luis Ortiz, and even prior to the Parker fight, he got knocked out by a guy called, uh, was it Donovan Dennis? I got his name wrong there. But Kajanu appears to be no great shakes at all as a fighter, but against Joseph Parker, he was bang up for it, <laughs> and he was very aggressive, and Parker never came close to stopping him, but again, familiarity can breed contempt, when you've been in the ring with somebody a lot, you shit, you've been around them a lot, and maybe when they've experienced the fact that you're a really nice guy, like Joseph Parker is, they feel like they can push the issue with you, whereas when you're in the training camp of let's say, of Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, Klitschko, this was known, Vladimir Klitschko, he didn't act nice to a lot of his sparring partners. He was very cold. This is what Dylan White said. Klitschko was very cold towards them and he didn't want to make friends with a lot of them. And that was because he knew he was going to fight these guys. <laughs> you see it. So he didn't want people to see his friendly side in the gym. Uh, so when they got in the ring, they understood that this was Dr. Steelhammer or Iron Fist, whichever one he is, I always confuse the two Klitschkos. He wanted them to only see what they saw in the gym, which is a hard-faced, hard-punching, you know, old-school Eastern Bloc guy. So, anyway, let me know your your thoughts about Joseph Parker's performance against Junior Farr. I know there's a lot of negativity out there. That's fair enough. People have got different views. But... I don't really see Parker as any different now after this far performance than I saw him before. Um, I don't think he's gotten any worse. I don't think he's really gotten any better. I just think he's the same as where he was before. Uh, they say, you know, Kevin Barry and Parker, they've been working on being more aggressive. But again, we've seen him be aggressive against lower level opposition. The only way to find out whether this you know, new attitude of being more aggressive and mean is actually working and can actually hold up is if we see Parker in the ring 
again against one of the top guys and Andy Ruiz and AJ Dylan White uh, Tyson Fury and so on although he's probably never going to fight Tyson Fury he's so pally with him he acts like a Tyson Fury fan which is one of the things I really don't like about Joseph Parker you know Tyson Fury should be a rival it's not a guy you grew up with it's not like Andre Ward with the Darrell brothers he literally was friends with them for many many years you know growing up whereas with Tyson Fury and Joseph Parker Parker don't know Fury from Adam <laughs> you know but he's so friendly with him now he's acting like he'll never fight him he already fought his cousin but yeah he won't fight Tyson come on I don't like that, that kind of attitude people say you can't teach someone to be mean and that meanness is an inherent trait well meanness is an inherent trait for sure or it often can be somebody as a child you could just see they've inherited it genetically from one of their parents you know there are people who grow up as orphans in care homes and stuff like that and they never know their parents and yet they meet their parents their dad or whatever many decades later and they find out how similar they are <laughs> because a lot of this stuff is genetic i know there's a whole leap of people in the scientific community and whatever who claim that oh no that's all rubbish there is no way that you can inherit character traits from your parents it's all rubbish well i'm going to tell you that it's, it's absolutely true you can inherit character traits from your parents and it's absolute nonsense i don't care what kind of scientist or phd somebody has because i've seen it for myself many many times um you absolutely do inherit some of your character traits and behavioral patterns from your parents even if you never grew up with your parents you're going to have it hardwired into you and so meanness can be one of the traits right and somebody who has meanness in them naturally inherently innately they don't have to work on it when they start boxing it's just already there it's something they naturally are going to do whereas somebody who's more of a nice person they need to have meanness bred into them and you can do it i mean for example if you were wrongly convicted of murder and you're a nice person and you go to prison with all these hardcore criminals for 25 30 years you're going to be a lot more mean. <laughs> Chances are you're going to be a lot more mean when you come out than you were you than you were when you went in. So you can breed meanness into people. Hardship, adversity can make people more mean. Hunger, poverty can make people more mean. Now not everybody, there are loads of people who go through terribly hard situations and experiences in life and they're still remarkably humble and kind. And that's why it's remarkable when you meet people like that who've been through, like I've known at least one person in my life who went through so many horrendous things, but still was an incredibly warm and kind and gentle person. It was quite re remarkable. That's why it was remarkable because you think somebody who's been through all that, normally they have bitterness, they have anger, they have hatred in them, understandably so. So hardship and tough experiences can turn a nice person mean or give them a mean streak because it's a, a means of survival in some instances, you know? <coughs> People learn that in some environments, if you don't show that you've got a mean streak, if you don't develop a mean streak, you'll get eaten alive, you know? Metaphorically or sometimes maybe even literally. 
Now, in terms of Joseph Parker, how are they going to get a mean streak into him that he doesn't innately have? Um, there are loads of different techniques. There are loads of different psychological approaches you could use. But his trainer, Kevin Barry, should know the best approach uh, to bring the meanness out of Joseph Parker. So, for example, when Oliver McCall fought Lennox Lewis the first time, McCall was trained by Manny Stewart. And Manny Stewart told McCall that Lennox Lewis is better than you in every single way. <laughs> you literally don't have any advantages over this guy. And initially, when Stewart came in and said these things to McCall, Greg Page, who was helping to train McCall at the time, apparently called up Don King. And he said, who's this Manny Stewart guy you've sent over here? He's telling Oliver that Lennox Lewis is better than him in every way and that it's virtually impossible for him to win the fight he's he's scaring the fighter why have you sent this guy over here and Manny Stewart basically explained that he was trying to get McCall so motivated he was manipulating him psychologically and he, and he did this throughout the camp because he wanted Oliver McCall to be in a particular mind state which would be conducive to him winning the fight. He wanted to, him to be so mean. He wanted him to, to almost be desperate. Do you understand? He wanted to make him feel like it was a, a life or death struggle, literally. Where if Lennox Lewis manages to hit him with two shots, McCall could die. This is the mentality that Manny Stewart wanted to put Oliver McCall in, the mindset he wanted to put him in. Because it would take that level of you know, survival instinct, that level of uh, ferocity in Oliver McCall, that wide-eyed, you know, almost animalistic mentality. It would take that for, for him to overcome all the advan advantages Lennox Lewis had over him. You see it. Now, Oliver McCall always was a mean guy, but McCall had many soporific performances prior to the Lewis fight where he just sleepwalked through fights. The Buster Douglas fight, I mean... Have you watched Oliver McCall versus Buster Douglas? Douglas just sleepwalked through that fight. There was nowhere near the amount of fire in the McCall-Douglas fight as we saw in McCall-Lewis. Manny Stewart was able to bring that out of Oliver McCall. He was able to get his mind in a particular way, manipulate him in a certain way, to fire him up to the extent that he came out far more aggressive against Lewis than he normally would be. So there are ways, but you have to know your fighter very, very well. And you have to be careful too, because you could intimidate your fighter. You could start putting doubts in a fighter's head or do certain things, manipulate him in such a way psychologically that it could have a detrimental effect on his performances. You see, so it's really up to Kevin Barry. This is why Mike Tyson has said on many occasions that to be a trainer, you also have to be a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a therapist, and so on. It's a lot deeper than just teaching the fighter technical things or getting them in shape. No, you have to know their mind and what to do to get them in the right mind state, which is conducive to producing the best performance against a particular opponent. So anyway, those are my thoughts on Joseph Parker versus Junior Farr didn't really tell us much it was a poor fight but I don't see Parker as any worse now 
as I saw him. And obviously, you know, you're talking about inactivity as well. That plays a part in the way the fight turned out. But I think more than anything, it was just the familiarity that both guys had with each other's styles, you know. And Junior Far being an awkward customer. Big guy, knows how to wrap you up, can, can jab a bit. It was what it was. As far as the decision, I mean, it was such a horrible fight. I didn't even score it. <laughs> I didn't even feel motivated to score it. I just was like, I'm glad it's over at the end of the, the uh, 12 rounds. Was it 12 rounds or 10? I think it was 12, wasn't it? At the end of the fight, I was just like, wow, I'm glad it's over. So let me know what you guys think in the comments below.